1: This show is going to be so incredibly awesome. Those were the words I uttered wandering down the vast hallways of Revere Asset Management this morning. Then Danny goes,
0: Why? (laughs) Why is today's show going to be awesome? Well, I thought you had a really good topic. I I do. I'm excited to hear about it. I do, but But it's going to be awesome
1: because it's going to be awesome. I don't want to bury the lead, Zach, okay? Yeah. So, and I want to get better uh, for the listeners. I want to make this a better show for the listeners. Uh, with the timestamp. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to talk about, okay? Oh, okay. You're going to play into these. Well, uh, yeah. I want to talk about stuff, right? So we're going to talk about, in no particular order, okay. I reserve the right to uh, forget, Ramble and forget, forget, go anywhere? No, I reserve the right, to forget what the hell I'm talking about, and then come okay. back to it later. Okay. Um, 7-Eleven. We're going to have an in-depth discussion about 7-Eleven. Damn straight, we're going to have an in-depth discussion about 7-Eleven. Uh, then we're going to talk about ESG. You okay. down with ESG? No, me. Did sure. I hear a cat? Did How's I hear that? a cat in the background? Anyway, ESGs. Then we're going to talk about uh, Twitter. I want to talk about bonds. Not James, I bonds. Then I want to talk about uh, anything that Hunter wants to talk, talk about. I want to talk about what Don wants to talk about. I wanna, and Danny, maybe we'll get to what you want to talk about. But um, we'll give the normal stock list. But I want to... Um, Look, it's really easy. Let me just show you markets. Okay, I'm going to start with markets, and I'm yeah. going to ease into the Good show. Good place to start. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I want to give you, look, it, when you look at these charts, you're like, Tim, this is a five-minute chart. I don't really know what the hell I'm looking about. Look, markets are bad. The markets are ugly today, right? i are like, well, how ugly is ugly, Tim? They're just not fun. Like You're like, Tim, the S&Ps are only down three-tenths of a percent. What is so bad about that? And I'm just like, look at this broad range. This is not fun. This is your mother-in-law has come to visit, but then she tells you she's moving in. She that's stank. she that's, stank for a while. That's yeah. the level of fun we're not having here. And so look at this, like this is just one big, broad, choppy range, and nothing's happening except everything's happening because the ranges are violent. And you're like, well, Tim, that's because you don't own gold. And I'm telling you, gold is violent too. You know, like gold, the inflation fighter, and and. Like, well, that's a good upward chart, but this, this range is pretty violent too. It's a, it's a $2,000 product, okay? And this is a violent. Product. It's not breaking out, but inflation is super high, Tim. Inflation is costing Americans spending power every day. Didn't you read? It's like $5,500 a year. The average American is going to be paying up in 2022. 20, I almost said 2021. Uh, TNX. Look at this. Mortgage rates, Daniel. Mortgage rates at five percent, and before you old curmudgeons write in and tell me back in your day when you walked uphill both ways in snow to school, listen to me. School, school. <laughs> That's good. rolled off the end. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah, your eighteen and twenty-five percent mortgage rates are not applicable today. Okay, it's just not. The things that you faced in 1982, history does rhyme. I, I, no doubt about it. But the, but the problem is the Fed intervention is so new. Yeah. What the Fed has done, what's more important as they're saying, it's a doubling of the mortgage rate since last year or since the, bottom, the pandemic. Right. It is a doubling of the mortgage rate. That's, what you, that's the takeaway. It's not historically low.
0: That's like talking about... Well, payments were still big because interest rates were so low, it made the pr- home prices go way up. When, so your interest yeah. rate was low, but you, now you're borrowing an extra $300,000.
1: When the old curmudgeons in the audience start talking about the historically low interest rate, or, or higher, p- rates. higher rates, and this is historically lower, you're nothing but Al Bundy talking well, about the touchdowns <laughs> you well, used wait, to wait, score here, a full Here's high. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank, thank you. Well, 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 hang okay, on.
0: Okay. Why were interest rates so high back then? They had to kill inflation. Mm-hmm. They had to kill it. Right. So if you're going to kill inflation now, if you're going to follow the playbook of how mm-hmm. they did it, they're going to raise rates. These incredibly,
1: listen to me now, these incredibly high interest rates might not be incredibly high to you, older person listening, but for the new home buyer, you're right now in, in April of 2022, mm-hmm. you're shutting them out. And we need new home buyers. You can't, you can't turn, in my opinion, I'm editorializing here, in my opinion, you can't turn a deaf ear to them and say, too bad, so sad, I've got mine. We, are an, we thrive in America as an ownership society. We've talked about this. Getting new homeowners into the mix lifts every boat. It, it, it allows for a bunch of things to happen. Home ownership triggers a bunch of purchases. We are a spending economy. 70% of our economy is service-based. You and me going out buying lawn care. Well, you go, I don't buy lawn care, Tim. I mow my lawn. I'm a Texan. My name is Danny. Okay, great. Well, you had to go buy the mower and you had to go buy the fuel and you had to go buy all the accoutrements that come with a lawn mower, mulching blades. And so, Shutting this group of people out right now is not going to be healthy for the economy. Well, Tim, housing is not a big sector in the S&P 500. Well, let me tell you, it punches above its weight, my friends, because of all the purchases it triggers. And it also then contributes to your tax base because of the school taxes that are paid, because of all the other associated fees. Like, it's all coming down on these people, like, for the first time. In a long time, home sales slowed in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex. Oh, really? Yes, they did. I didn't know that. Now prices, prices have not come down, but uh, yet, the, yet. Yeah. I'm sorry, Dean. Did you say yet, yet, <laughs> yet, yet, <laughs> yet? It's like you put the put in Putin. Um, <laughs> um, it was okay. Nah, oh. we try. Eh, eh. Nah. So. So look, this is this is a this is a very big deal. And then some some clients have been writing in and saying, "Hey, why are we not buying I bonds?" Well, government I bond, you know, like well, the, you got to do that on treasury.gov, right? And so um, there's there's some everyone has a favorite I has a favorite bond fund, okay? Bonds bond funds are tough though. And let me uh, let me, <laughs> let, me uh, let me just come here and show you. What the? Let me just establish what the rate is right now on a Series I bond, seven point one two percent. Okay,
0: I think that's a little old. I think the newer ones are actually paying eight.
1: Paying? Okay. Well, you know, I'm only only as good as what the Treasury is giving me on Google. I could I could do better, right? I could have probably done a little more investigative journalism. No, here. no, that's, that's close. I'm not a big J journalist. They have
0: the, it's a much higher rate than all other Treasuries for sure. So, but how can you at home?
1: take advantage of this because our work here at Revere Asset isn't just limited to our clients, it's, it's to you, the, the audience. We have curated over, is this, what episode number is this? 395? 395. 395, no. over 395 episodes since 2014, plus five videos a week. We have curated an audience. I wish, oh do I wish, every one of our audience members was a client, but they're not. But we've garnered an audience that actually recommends us without having to advertise actually recommends us to their friends and family so they trust us and they know that we're giving them the best information, educational, and entertainment all at the same time, cons uh, consistently since 2014. But you're not all of our clients, right? And so um, when we're looking at bonds, these are really tough. Um, let me show you why bonds are tough, okay? Some of these, uh, I got the victory. Up there. I just watched them continuously. Let me show you some of the highest yielding bond fund ETFs, right? Well, like, you can, you, individuals can do this, but a firm of our size will have trouble doing some of these bond ETFs, right? So, we serve our client. Look at me. Danny's looking at me. Get the what, inquisitive what? look.
0: I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what, what, what do you mean by it's, we would have trouble doing it. doesn't know doing, where you're going. It's
1: volume. The, the volume of these funds.
0: Of bond yeah. ETFs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Like, they're, they're, not, they're not very liquid. Okay. Some of these are. No, but, are, but
2: they, they, create, they create the shares for you if you need them. You just have to let them know. That they're just not you, actively you traded. Actively People traded. just stick them yeah. in an in a, in yeah. envelope. It's, and that's, it's not the same as a, as a thin stock where you actually have to have the supply and demand. The ETF companies, if you let them know what you want, they will create the market for you with a reasonable bid and ask.
1: So I'm going to take over. I'm going to take, take
2: uh listeners. Devil's
1: Advocate? Okay. No, I'm going to take. No,
0: no. Um, okay. Devil's Advocate. Well, go ahead. I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought you meant to take the can, flip side of the argument.
1: No, can okay. we talk about who's advocating for the devil? It's Easter week,
0: Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! <laughs>
1: isn't it? My gosh! It's it's Holy Shoot. Week. It, tomorrow's Good Friday. Last weekend was Palm Sunday. Oh, Just... Come on, Tim.
0: Have some sympathy for the devil. Wow! Are you gonna <gasps> a, you're gonna be you're gonna roll that stone. i was gonna say you're gonna roll that stone down the street <laughs> later. But,
1: um, so typics. Uh So and I, the yields are great here. So the volumes are not. But what Don said is absolutely thousand percent true. But look at the yields here—almost eight percent on TIPX. So, and we should look at the chart of this too. So, we'll put in TPIX. Oh, excuse me. Did I write that down? TIPX. Pardon. That, that's That—that's not a great looking chart. Like you're getting eight percent, right? Some of these are better looking charts. Um, well,
0: one of the reasons the yield so high is because they sold off so much.
1: SPIP. But these 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 things are uh, when you when you research them SPIP. Are, are supposed to help you fight inflation. And if your price is going down, this is kind of the point I want to make a right, little bit. Right. So not all bonds, just because it's yielding a lot, right? Bond funds, of course, are in the news. Danny, when do... Uh, well, the diversified bond funds down 12% year to date. There you go. And when do uh, brokers want to sell you bonds?
0: When they have them in inventory. And when, Daniel, do they have them in when inventory? When interest rates are very low, when, people, when corporations and governments want to borrow money. Right. So just like when you want to borrow money for your house, you want mortgage rates at 3%, not 5%, like you were saying. Yeah. It gets more expensive. And so they so at the very wrong time, so when you want to think about interest rates, most people look at interest rates as a wave, okay? Mm-hmm. Like the interest rate, rate goes in waves. Think of it as a circle, as a clock. When you're at 12 o'clock and rates are about to come down because right. the Fed's going to loosen and stimulate and you're in a recession, and you start coming down, that's when you want to buy bonds because prices, the price of the bonds will go up. You'll get capital gains and you're locking in a much higher mm-hmm. interest rate. They're selling at a discount. When interest rates come all the way down and you're hitting six o'clock and now you're going up to seven, you're starting to go up. Bond funds have these big capital gains built in. They had a high interest rate. You've got all these performance chasers. People go in and rush into them. And so now these bond funds, well, not now, but at Months ago, these bond funds were flush with cash. They've got to go buy bonds at a premium mm-hmm. when they're paying a very, very low rate. And when interest rates rise, the prices go way down. And so they have net redemptions and they've got to. And, and
1: I think what gets lost in the discussion around bonds um, outside of um, government series I bonds, mm-hmm. what gets lost in the ETF mutual fund world of this is price. Right. And and so like when I'm looking at this chart of SCHP, which is the Schwab Strategic <laughs> Tips, it's the, it's this is an inflationary fighting right. But look at the price of it, right. And and now if I brought you here to SCHP, like well it yields five and a half percent, and this to me is no different than the d- discussion around div- high dividend high yielding stocks right. and price. What good is the high yield if, you're, if your stock is down 20%? If
0: you're getting a dividend of 5 and then you buy it and the stock goes down 20%, you're down 15 But by the way, after the stock goes down, now for new buyers, a dividend in 5%, it may be 8%. Right.
1: And so here's TIP, T-I-P, uh, almost 8%. And we'll look here on the chart at TIP. Same, same thing. And so we'll, we'll do one more here, S-T-I-P. Uh, you're you're I'm quite sure there's better. Bond funds
0: are down more than the S&P.
1: Yeah, and not quite as much as in the but the S&P this year. And here's TLT, you know, like which gets 2%, what's TLT doing? TL-
0: TLT. It,
1: of course it's and, and it's the inverse relationship. Right. Bond prices fall, what goes up? TNX. And so the 10-year treasury yield is up 4% today and it's unrelenting right now and is it going to go higher? The Fed's telling you it's going to go higher. The Fed, is t- the Fed is telling you May 4th, when they come out with their statement <clears throat> after their meeting, their two-day meeting, these rates are going to go higher. They're,
0: they're, which is what has been being priced in.
1: Look, they're going to speak up until their blackout period, which I believe is at the end of this month. Like, they have to stop talking. Mm-hmm. There are more Fed heads talking right now than, like, since the beginning of the month, right? Mm-hmm. And there was one, I, don't, I think it was Bostic yesterday said he believes inflation is peaked. now i want you to i want you to and then we'll get to some from
0: the bit. same guys that thought inflation was transitory for years and didn't think inflation would spike this year
1: i think they were well that's a whole nother show i don't want to do that show okay. uh
0: okay. but i want to tell you that
1: the, the, the i want to dissect i'm just
0: saying you're listening to someone that's been wrong for years so that's but, yes. but 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 they that's can a... be right I, I don't so can a clock twice a, a broken <laughs> clock twice <laughs> twice twice a, twice a day let, let, me, let, let me have sympathy for the devil. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah good, no, good, yeah. good transition.
1: Thank you. Um, so I, I believe it was Bostic. If I'm wrong, uh, just look up Fed Fed speakers from yesterday, which would be uh, Wednesday. We're doing this show Thursday. Mm-hmm. Is they the 14th? May, uh, April 14th. 14th. Yeah, because uh, markets are closed. Good Friday. So um, he says that inflation is peaked, mm-hmm. but 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 but. We need to kill inflation. We need to kill prices. Wait a minute. If you think inflation is peaked, that would say we probably shouldn't raise as aggressively as we're as we as we're talking about. See, like you're all like he's made a statement that feels off kilter to me. Where, okay, uh,
0: we uh, well, it may have peaked, but he wants to bring it down faster. I understand what you're saying. You're, you're gonna right. kill and, you're
1: right. And what he's really saying is, you know what, we're a blunt force instrument. We're not a scalpel. We're a hammer when in actuality what we really need is a needle and thread. And that blunt force instrument is going to kill what? The economy. It's gonna beat this bostic is going to beat the economy into submission
0: mm-hmm.
1: until it can't breathe. Mm-hmm. And then that's the Fed's history. Yes. And then he will go, you know, we should probably pump a little inflation back into the economy.
0: Mm-hmm. Create we, the bubble, that pop it. Create and, the bubble, that pop it. And how are we going to do that? QE 5.
1: And so QE 5 coming soon to a theater near you. That's not where I wanted to go. But inflation has hit everything, right? And uh, Howard Schultz. Let's look at Starbucks.
0: Well, can one. we talk about the i bonds 1st Let's talk about the i bonds. Why you were on that topic?
1: Oh, you want to go i bonds?
0: Well, you how were how about interesting
1: it? is your i bond? It's content. very
0: short. It's very
1: short. But is it interesting?
0: Yes. Well, look, everybody's talking about them now. You've got, I've got, I had three or four people call me up. A couple clients and a couple non-clients call me up and say, "Hey, what Because they're seeing it on CNBC right now. Zach missed
1: my reaction. I, I'm I'm just teasing you. Please go no. ahead.
0: Now, so so I had a, cl- a client reach out and said, how do you feel about I-bonds? Risk-free-ish, good return? Because right now they're paying, I mean, if you're going to own a bond, they're paying a lot more right. than other bonds. Here's the problem, okay? You can only buy a $10,000 piece per year. You can only buy, okay. a, you can't buy a million dollars worth or 50000 You can't buy enough if you've got a decent-sized portfolio to really make a dent. Now, if you got a $30,000 portfolio, sure, you, you can do some of that. But, so that's one thing, okay? You're limited to $10,000 a year. Number two, you've got to hold them for a whole year before you get any interest. So if you don't, if you don't hold them for a year, they'll, they'll, they, you don't get the interest paid. If you don't hold them for five years, they take back the last three months of interest. They claw that back. So really, they kind of want you to hold them. But just from a philosophical standpoint, and it goes to your point, which is why I want to bring it up. Inflation is the great variable. If you tell me what inflation is going to do, I can tell you whether they're a good buy right at this time. So hang on. So, oh, so, so, you know, you, this Fed guy said, oh, we don't have the inflation anymore. Did you see the PPI number come out yesterday? The producer's price index, folks, came out above 11%. So CPI is around 8 They said it's 8.1%. The PPI is eleven. Mm-hmm. The producers price that means that it's coming down through the CPI next month. So look for a higher CPI number mm-hmm. than the eight number that you just saw. It's not getting. It's not slowing. They're full of crap. They've always been full. Of the Fed. They've always been full of crap, and they don't know what the hell they're <laughs> doing. Okay. Now I love, now, that, I love now, that you had to clarify n- n- who y- is. Y- full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, no, well, so are the politicians—that's another show. But so, but but here's the point. So, so now what do you do? So, so I said, look, if it, philosophically, if inflation peaks and is dropping, not likely, but if it is, it would be a great investment at this time for the limited amount you can do. Now, if inflation continues higher, it could be a very bad investment. It, it's just not timely right now. So I'm not a huge fan for that reason. But by the way, if inflation is peaking and about to come down, and interest rates are going to come down, right? They're not going to do that. There's going to be a whole lot of other good investments that are going to do much better than eight. Right. So if inflation starts pulling off, you're going to have the market start to rally. You're going to have tech shares will get a, a reprieve. There'll be other things that will do every bit as well as that. That's So that's from a philosophical standpoint. Sure. I just don't like them. Now,
1: I've got... uh I've got a list of stocks, a couple, like a short list, very short list of stocks. Mm-hmm. I want to offer uh, the folks, like, well, Tim, what stocks are, are doing, like, you, you just mentioned some things are doing better or they will be doing better. Mm-hmm. There's a, And Don, Don and Hunter have done a great job of uncovering these names and talking about them. Uh, Don does the 21 over 21 list, which will be out this weekend, of course. 21 and, leading stocks. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I, I, whatever your screening is, like, so I did yesterday, in, in anticipation of this show, so I did... Um, Oh, where did my screen, there it went. I did, uh, this is moving average stack with 2% yield. So I want the moving averages stack, and I want to do, and I ran, I ran folks through it on the video, and by the way, all of the videos, Don's 21 over 21, so brand new website, right? brand new Daniel Sunday. Sunday. Come down, see the new website, reviewasset.com. Go to Tomorrow's Insights. You will see, when you go there, by the time you hear my voice, the sound of the show, you will see uh, Don's, uh, you'll most likely see Don's 21 over 21 video posted there. Uh, you'll see my video here. This is where uh, markets bounce. Uh, let's see. Hunter has uh, right here, what a, what a difference a week makes. Uh, so th- there's five videos a week plus the weekly podcast, six content-filled opportunities to help grow and learn, and we get your feedback, and we make our content and our uh, strategies even better. Uh, I love the viewer interaction so a free watch list to study and so we went through it on the video right mm-hmm. and l- let me just show you how that list is doing this morning okay and it doesn't matter what your screening process is it's not this isn't a, a me touting the list it's a screening process for leadership because just saying consistency yeah, yeah. because what the media is going to do is say you need bonds and it's like well which one right which bond fund well this one's giving you eight percent and you think it's a great deal but as price falls in that fund you're losing. They're trying
0: to support bonds because bonds are getting sold off. People don't want right. them right now. Inflation is like kryptonite to bonds.
1: So a lot of these stocks, so we, we covered AA, um, Alcoa, ADM, uh, at Archer Daniel Midland. Uh, look at these charts compared to the bond charts. And so I'd rather have price appreciating than, than yield, right? I want, I want price appreciation other than yield. And so, or
0: I can get both, but these these And me. you don't have to be locked in in case things change. And if you want the best of both
1: worlds, these are moving average stack stocks.
0: With a little bit of yield.
1: Yeah, but don't just look at these charts. By the way, everything we do on this uh, podcast, a video, Hunter, Don, uh, Danny, myself, if Zach chimes in, uh, it's all for your edification purposes only. It's never, ever to be misconstrued advice. If you want advice, need advice, seek advice, all I need you to do is this. Hit the contact button. You can submit your query right here. Hey, I'd like some advice. It doesn't matter if you're a client or not. Hey, I have this investment. I have this person at stripmalladvisor.com next to the vape shop telling me this. What do you think of this piece of information? Or if you're on your connected device, all you have to do is hit the phone button and you will be connected to who? Put the camera on Danny. America's Fiduciary. <coughs> right there, Danny Store. So listen. So uh, I did like three more stocks. I think. So uh, I picked them out of this entire list. We ran over them together. I will send you that screen if you want it. Tim at revereasset.com is all you have to do. Caterpillar. What's Caterpillar doing? Up almost 3% today. COP. Uh, uh, what's COP doing? Uh, up Marginally. E-O-G. Uh, down fractionally. Uh, Met, which is insurance. Met life. Oh uh, No, no. Down. Oh, flat. 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 X-O-M. Everyone knows. X-O-M. Uh, up marginally. So. Better. I think that getting 2% yield plus price appreciation is a better alternative to a, a sinking bond fund that gives you 8% yield. But that's, that's my take on that, and um, maybe you disagree out there. You ready for a coffee transition? Sure. Folks, we're not nothing if we're not at a helpful show. Inflation has hit everywhere. Look at Starbucks. So Starbucks, Howard Schultz is uh, come back to um, pretty much kill the unions. Uh, there's two, two or three unions that are the shops, Starbucks shops that are unionizing, the sh- trying to unionize um, in New York. And whether you like unions or don't like unions, that's not what this is about. But he is clearly going to try to outline, if you read li- uh, the articles written lately, why uh, shops, because shops can individually unionize. And Starbucks is not a union company per se, right? And so- That's uh, kind of
0: surprising with his, his leanings. but Well, anyway. the, yeah.
1: six, one, a half does the other. Yeah. But anyway, this is, look, uh, Starbucks is down here. And you could say, well, why is that? It's because this size. So, Zach, can you get to me? You'll notice this is not my typical Starbucks cup. This is 7-Eleven. And so I only discovered this recently. So um, I normally, uh, my routine is drop off the kids at daycare, and then I go to Starbucks, I get a giant coffee, and I come for in. For
0: six bucks? <clears throat> well, no, it's
1: actually like $4.25, 465, It's something in there. <clears throat> and so the other day, um, then I come in, and I top off the show, and, and we start, and we go. Um, the other day, uh, I needed to stop at 7-Eleven for something. I don't know what. And I remembered I have a rewards card with Seven Eleven. And I scanned it uh, as I got a coffee and to got whatever she needed. But here's the thing. I haven't been in the 7-Eleven app. It's got to be 18 months, a year, long time. I don't remember. Dude, that app is awesome. So as a consumer segment on this show, I'm going to tell you that uh, – 7-Eleven app has got the Tim Seal of approval, which is a big deal because I led you to the coffee subscription, which I then scored 232 cups of coffee at Panera at a price of about nine bucks a month. Still the best value in coffee. This giant cup of coffee, like, does it taste good? Yeah, because you know what they installed at 7-Elevens? The the machine that is, good. it's like the Frankie machine, the Frank machine. It grinds the it makes beans. Makes it as you need it. Yeah. Yes, it grinds the beans. Look at you, Danny, coffee expert. It makes the beans in front of you. I'm like, this is fantastic. So, uh, what I did is I got a red eye here. I got some shots of espresso inside of the fresh ground coffee. I'm pretty happy with that. 235 It's It's half the big price. Coffee. It's, with, with espresso, 235 It's half the price wow. of Starbucks. And I'm not being facetious when I tell you, I don't notice the taste difference. And you could say, your taste buds are damned, Tim. Doesn't matter, I don't notice it and I'm happy, but here's the thing about the 7-Eleven app. The more you use it, I didn't realize this, I have like a, they're giving you fuel savings as if it's the right, supermarket. Right, right, didn't yeah. realize that, so I have like a 12 cent credit the next time I go fuel up.
0: Per gallon, yeah.
1: Per gallon. Then, on this magical phone app, right, 7-Eleven phone app. Daniel, ready for your mind to be blown. Can we do a mind-blowing Danny thing? Perhaps you, can, you know I don't have one on hand. Uh, like you're not just walking I, around with them. I don't. Have, I don't have like a galaxy brain, uh, Danny. Danny, thing ready to go. Well, Danny no. doesn't have a galaxy brain either. But oh, right. we, we. Oh, just, oh
0: yes, yeah. infinite. Oh, right. It's universe. <laughs> what, is Danny. that why?
1: Why is that? Because you're a damn <laughs> yeah. genius, right? That's That's universe right. brain. Yes. Universe. <laughs> oh God. God so we're, I see a <laughs> uh, new name. Yes, uh, universe brain. Yeah, universe figure brain. it out, Zach. Universe yeah. brain. Well, Make so it so happen to the graphics department. Star Trek in the back. Yeah, sure. Oh my gosh, can it be Spock? and Danny in a skin tight outfit universe brain. I don't, you know, I don't know if I can make that happen. Deep, deep space 10. We'll send that look. The graphics department's real good here. We'll we'll have them work something up. Yeah, Mm. we'll have them go. You don't know what we're talking about, Stockners. Let me show you. So every week we play a game with you, And I like the game within a game. I really do. It makes the show fun. So you click tomorrow's insights,
0: right? A few people don't like it, but you know what? Finance is so dry, you got to make it fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Those, you got
1: to make it fun. Those got to make it fun. Oh, you don't want me to tell you no, what I think of those going, people? just keep okay. going. <laughs> you know they're wearing tidy whities <laughs> Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Go on. So show my screen, please. So um, the game within a game <laughs> is us trying to give you clues, like the classic game show concentration, uh, as to what the show is going to be about. And so if you go to the website first, like if you don't get it from the automatic download uh, from your uh, podcasting software, and you go to YouTube, uh, Revere Asset, or you go to the website, you can play along with us as we create <laughs> such, such so a great goofy. picture of Dave. Like it looks like him. Like and it's, he, all, it's all stuff we talked about. Like yeah. Nothing, yeah. Nothing in there didn't come from the show. Yeah. And so uh, what we do is as, as the show rolls along, uh, our graphics department fires up the thought machine and they uh, figure out what to put on there, which is absolutely freaking fantastic. Back to the 7-Eleven app, Galaxy Brain, Stewart. You can fuel lock with this 7-Eleven app. And let me explain. You can lock in your price for four days. So, and I, and so this is what I noticed on the way out. I noticed, uh, I shot the video and I'll explain why this all came about. I shot the video last night, right? And then I got to go pick up the kids. And but I I was looking at oil before I shot the video. I'm like oil went up again today, but prices uh, out here were um, at 352, 355 a gallon. I'm like, but oil went up today. I should probably fill up. Was my thought going down the road? And then I passed a couple stations that had already raised their price from the 350s $3. to 379. Ville. I'm like, whoa, that is a big jumper, But I looked across the street, still 352. So on the way home after picking up Remy and Nora, um, stopped at the uh, at the store. But then I'm scrolling through this app and I'm like, oh my gosh, they they allow you to search for the lowest fuel price on the 7-Eleven network and then you can lock in that price for four days and then you just show up and through the app, pay that price. So if the price has gone up 30 cents a gallon, you locked in 352. Listen to Tim, look at that. I mean, that's, okay, listen, that's not a bad deal. But 7-Eleven isn't always the cheapest in town. I think you got to be ahead of that four day to get a
2: good rate, but if I locked in three fifty, yeah. But if and you use it, if you yeah, use it, like in I of use, crisis, so Lucas yeah. Oil
0: has the same, has a similar app where you get like discounts. Lucas like two, Oil, Murphy, Murphy, Murphy. 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 Sorry, I thought Murphy Express. Murphy, Murphy Express. Murphy. Yeah. Murphy Express. Yeah. They've well, they got do. kind of a similar. App. You don't you can't lock it in for four days, but you. A lot of times I'll go there and you get ten cents off a gallon All or really? whatever. But they're also their prices are very competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I'll tell you what. So I got it. I got it for what was your guy? Mine was three eighty five for the super premium. The high three ninety. So many good jokes. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: so many, so many, so many areas we could go down. That I'm not going down the rabbit hole. Okay, good. I'm just going to say, move on, move on. Now this is about to become the Hunter and Tim show.
3: All right, Hunter. Yes, look sir. Look at that, Hunter.
1: Look at look at Hunter's new look today. I like
3: Hunter's new. look. Can't we
0: talking about glasses, episode? man?
3: Glasses, yeah. gang. All four for of sure. us.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: That's right
1: on with his blue blockers. Hunter's got his readers on. I, hunters also got a little bit of that blue block and I mean you can
3: see I got there. the blue blockers as well. Oh, oh yeah. those blue
1: blockers? Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. It's... a astigmatism for me is something that's supposed to help with uh my sensitivity to light apparently.
1: No joke. The guy who uh created blue blockers uh passed away recently. That's really? a, no, no joke. Uh oh. yeah. Uh one of the greatest um pitch people on uh T V infomercials from the uh Late 70s, early 80s, if you uh, remember those types of things. That's, that's who invented blue blockers? Blue a block, pitch guy? A pitch guy. Really? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Was a yeah, marketing dude. A, yeah. Not Billy Mays. Billy Mays died of cocaine. Like, well, okay, li- oh, you didn't know that? Okay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm walking off track here. Yeah, okay, all right. Blue blockers, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Billy, Billy Mays, um, he died. He, he dad- was on a plane when that happened, wasn't he, or uh, something he, like that? But they, I think they. I believe, unfortunately, I don't know if it was related <laughs> to, his, um, uh, to his drug issue. And Now, that's not right. Then I read it in the National Enquirer so, year, years ago. So, so here's the thing, heaven forbid, I give out bad information about yeah, Billy Mays. Yeah. Um, Danny, I want to explain this, I am totally jazzed, and the good news is I got this idea out to Hunter before the show, because I sounded like I just found chocolate for the first time, like it, I think this is the future, okay? And I'm going to have Hunter. I don't know everything about the topic. I'm about to broach. But I know enough to bring it up and, and to think about how wonderful it could be. There's going to be pitfalls. Hunter is going to help me fill in some of this information, okay? okay. And, I, and when I called Hunter, I'm like, he, he knew. I mean, he was reading up on it as I was talking. And, he, and then he was adding great information. Okay. So are you familiar with what have you heard of? Well, everybody knows cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. okay? So everybody knows cryptocurrency. and then. There's something called a DAO, uh, D-A-O, or Delta Oscar Alpha, a Decentralized um, Autonomous, or no, DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. If I did that backwards, I apologize. I want you to think of a DAO as a super LLC, a limited liability corporation. A DAO is pre-programmed, though. So a DAO, is a smart contract based on ether or ethereum okay and a DAO has the rules uh written already into the contract so there so there's no uh lawyers there's no um i mean there can be i guess if you want but you've eliminated a lot of fluff in trying to form the an llc right which costs anywhere depending upon what you're doing it can be substantial
0: Four fifty 50 in Texas. Yeah. Just for the filing,
1: just for the filing. But, but to put the rules, uh, you know, have I, it written. Yes. Yes. It can be quite pricey Hunter. I want to stop there. Am I, what can you add or am I good, good there with Dow? what a Dow is?
3: I think you're working in the right direction. It's, uh, I think the easiest way to kick this off is probably a comparison to cryptocurrency in the sense of what makes these attractive. Obviously decentralized is the first word in the acronym itself. And just like people are attracted to Bitcoin or cryptocurrency because it's decentralized, and the reason that they're attracted to that is because it's less able to be manipulated by either certain people or uh, certain entities like the Fed printing dollars or doing stimulus, this, that, and the other, these organizations are less subject to manipulation by a CEO or a CFO or just one person controlling and making all the decisions. It's more of a collective group governed by rules that cannot be changed.
1: Awesome. And this is why I love Hunter. I literally called them up. Okay, so what do they do? Hold on, we're going to get there. So why did this thought come up? Uh, With Elon Musk today making a formal offer for Twitter. And so we had a pretty lively conversation about this on the uh, morning phone call. But then it left me thinking, how could we buy Twitter? And then I remembered, I had been reading about DAOs. And so what you can do with the Dow is form a, uh, an associated group of investors based on Ether and come together for a collective purpose to do anything. Um, it's, a, it's a financial instrument, but you, we could come together if we wanted to and all vote based on how the contract is written, whether you have more votes uh, because you contributed more Ether or one, you know, no matter your amount contributed, uh, there's, there's, there's one vote hey, do we want to go out and buy Twitter? Just like Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter. And you can do that. If you can raise enough money, you can do that. And so, oh, well, Tim, do you have an example of this happening? I do. And so um, last year, Steve Cohn, the owner of the New York Mets, uh, the um, hedge fund manager that's been sued in New York a number of times. The, I believe the first couple seasons of Billions, the show was based on Steve Cohn. I believe that's the case. He bought a copy of, is it the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution, Hunter?
3: One of the I two. I want to say Constitution, but Don may have some better insight on that. I want to say it's Constitution.
1: Don, you know?
3: I don't, I don't know.
1: Okay. Uh, he, he was in, there was a, an auction, like th- this document got put up for auction, mm-hmm. and a DAO was formed across the globe. It's not limited to the United States. Anyone from Australia, Bali. Uh, India, the UK, America can form this group of investors. And they, they came together and they almost won this, this document they were gonna put in the museum. It was what I believe the, the, their end state was. They, they didn't want it to go to Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen ended up winning it. It was a blind auction, he didn't know it was Steve Cohen. But the Dow was very public about their bid. And because they were very public about their bid, Steve Cohen knew what to bid more. To beat it. Yeah. Yes, to beat it. And that's how Steve Cohn got this document. And so it got me thinking about the future of capital formation. And so when I first came to Revere, I, you know, hey, Danny, we should just do an ETF based on our strategies, or we should just do a mutual fund based on our strategies, And it's, or a closed end, anything. And it's always fees, and it's hard. And not, not that regulators are bad. I, I don't like, there's regulations for a reason, right? Yeah. Okay, but there's a lot of gatekeepers. And even if you have the best idea and the best strategy to get on a platform and it's pay to play and, and do you, like, do you realize that um, it doesn't matter if your broker is Edward Jones or, um, uh, give me another one, please. I just don't want to sing on Merrill Lynch. Merrill, any, any of the big brokers. If your mutual fund is on there and it's not a big household name that they need to have on there or their ETF, you're paying them big fees to be there. It's no different than shelf space at a supermarket. There are a myriad of right, wrong, or indifferent of gatekeepers to success as not only a purveyor of what could be the greatest etf or mutual funder strategy in the history of the market there's also a bunch of gatekeepers on the other side the investor side right with high fees and and you can't get to the best strategies because they limit them right like jim simmons uh uh the man who solved the market right what's he called hunter uh what did you we were talking about him uh when i called you what is he uh, known as the algorithm
3: oh, that's the the the, well, I think I called him the algorithm lord, but he's the Renaissance. <laughs> yeah. Founder of Renaissance. Renaissance man.
1: Yeah, Renaissance man. You can never get access to that. You might be able to crack the code as to what they're doing, but you can't get access to that. That algorithm's been running for years and has made millionaires out of people, but you're blocked off. And so a DAO, with the word decentralized, is a way for average investors and consumers to get access to capital formation. And the Dow could do anything, right? A DAO could back, um, let's say that we have a, um, a strategy, an algorithm that's running, uh, that, that's beating the market. We could give access to that through a DAO, and we don't have to go through an ETF provider. We don't have to go, the Dow- well, for
0: does, You're still gonna have regulatory requirements.
1: If you're not revered, we could, I could do that. Like, let's separate me from Revere Asset for a moment, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, we'll use that If
0: you're raising investors, you got You're going to be regulated. Five more, five more than five investors, you got to be regulated. The
1: Dow contract is not this way right now.
0: The, the, I, I, well, then the regulators just hadn't caught up. <laughs> I mean, if you're raising right. public money for investments, the, the, the it's not has,
1: public money. So the Dow is closed off.
0: I, I'm not public all, money. I mean, if you're going out to people and saying, "Do you want to invest in this LLC? Do you want to invest?" and we're doing this yeah. for a purpose, public money just means regular mom and pop. The Dow- Versus an accredited investor, where if you're a millionaire, yeah. they don't care if you right. lose your money.
1: Now, you can go the accredited investor route, but the, the, that, what I just described is no different than investing in um, uh, the Constitution or the, whatever the Declaration of Independence was. It's not there yet with the Dow. The DAOs have, re- have eliminated a lot of the, the DAOs are not, by the way, what I'm describing is not the mainstream yet.
0: No, oh, not even yet. Yeah,
1: it's close. not even close to the mainstream. It's web, it's web 3. Like, if people hear the term Web 3, this is a piece of Web 3. And it's probably where finance is moving to. And you're going to see reduced power from, like, what companies get brought to market and why they get brought to market.
0: That's all well, it Sounds kind of similar to SPAC, sort of. But, it, uh, but they're... But they're, well, they, that's, it, they're, they're traded in the public market.
1: You, this is, you can, you, a DAO can come together to support inner city uh, programs, right? And you're like, well, what's the benefit of that? They could just want to support inner city programs for every sure. kids. Like there doesn't have to be a liquidity event. I'm trying to make it a little bit more relevant to what we do. Right. You know, I don't know if there's going to be a liquidity event by owning the piece of the constitution through a DAO, like, like this group was trying to do. Right. But the fact that you can decentralize capital formation is a big deal, and a little bit of that is done in this space right now through syndicates. You can do syndicates with VCs, but you have to be accredited. And AngelList right, is one right, of the biggest right, syndicates.
0: Right. Um, but so it's all you're. So it just is an an, <clears throat> an analogy, this is way oversimplification. It's almost like a GoFundMe with an LLC, like with an with electronic entity that anybody can raise money. Hunter had some really good thoughts. Hunter, can you fill in my
1: huge gaps, please?
3: Yeah, I'll put some color to this. So Dan has some valid points too. And that was kind of some of my questions when I was looking at this. So really, and there's a good comparison that I'm looking at right now. I'm just going to kind of relay it. Um, so for example, say a, a group gets together to form a charity or philanthropic type of, uh, group, kind of like what Tim was saying to support Inner city foundations, right? And so, what governs these organizations is the contract code itself, which, once it's established, cannot be edited or tampered with. And so, what makes this a little bit different than, say, just your standard 503B or your charitable organization is you can actually, the code itself is what distributes the funds. There is no human involved in paying out these philanthropic funds, or if it's an investment, paying the profits to the shareholders. It is literally automatically paid out so that it avoids any potential manipulation. It avoids the human element. Uh, so therefore, the code is completely public. Everybody can see it. Everybody knows exactly what's happening. Everybody knows exactly where every dollar is going and knows that it's going to happen uh, precisely as the code or the contract says it will. There's very It removes a lot of the human element uh, involved with a lot of these, the distribution of funds, the distribution of Philanthropic funds are. Well, yeah. And, and,
0: and, and more and more important and also to go along your lines, the board of director, the board can't go change it and edit the rules later. Correct. So that's it that's really what you guys are saying. Yeah. OK.
3: And that's what that's what makes this interesting. And They do have a few examples here as I'm looking through this article. Uh, just this is one example, a freelancer network where, say, a group of 500 freelancers across the world come together to form a DAO, right? Well, they then pull X amount of funds, whatever the membership is required, uh, as stated in the contract, for office spaces and software subscriptions around the world. It's just an example here. Uh, So there's there's certainly some advantages to it. And like I said, I think the simplest comparison of what makes this interesting and attractive is the same exact reason that Bitcoin is interesting and attractive to people, is you're eliminating the possibility for a lot of human manipulation it's decentralized it's just just like bitcoin is strictly supply and demand this is strictly governed by a smart contract that cannot be changed cannot be edited it's just like a company's corporate documents but in this case it is finite concrete it's done once it's once it's established it cannot be changed at that point so it's uh it is it's extremely interesting in the sense that like like tim has said uh, and we talked about this a while back with the, the IPO system being broken. I know this isn't necessarily a replacement for that, but this is a place where investors can get together by using Ethereum and they could go out and they could buy a private company in this sense, or they could buy a public company using this, uh, this entity. So it's, it's extremely interesting just taking that decentralized approach and applying it to an organization or a actual business entity as opposed to, opposed to just a currency.
1: And there's a mere. I mean, I've got, I've, I'll, I'll tell you what in the show links, um, Hunter, the article you're, you're referencing, would you send it to Zach please? Um, yes, so I we can get in the show links. I'll put some content in the show links as well about this, but Danny, this is the most creative way to do a bunch of different things. Think about a it. Comp- yeah, no, no,
0: it's got a lot like of applications.
1: the companies that, um, like, okay, oh, just keeping it to the show here. Um, we talked about buying a piece of every IPO that comes out as a strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and by the way, that doesn't feel good in this market, right? But it, it, it didn't feel good in 1999 with Amazon or 2001 with Amazon, right?
0: But everybody wished. Yeah, but you also bought 400 stocks and went bankrupt. So. It, right. <laughs> but I mean, you, it, it,
1: right, wrong, or indifferent, if you wanted to form a Dow that bought every fractional IPO. pieces right. of right. every IPO that comes out every year, mm-hmm. you're literally buying the rookie card of every uh, right of every uh, baseball player, per se. Uh, you could do that. Um, you could do, there's companies that uh, get beat down. They're good companies, uh, but they're not really great for public markets.
0: Take them private. Yeah, the, o- the only, down. Da- just playing the devil's advocate, the only downside I see with this for like a investment vehicle, like investing in something, mm-hmm. is actually the lack of flexibility. I mean, sure, human, taking the human element out of it is, is bad, but... There's going to be variables of things that come up down the road that you don't foresee at that time, and if it's not written into the smart contract, you can't adjust and, and and adjust the strategy if necessary. Um, so that, that's just a thought. Yeah, and maybe
1: you've. So I So I believe.
3: Yeah. 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 So the, I, I this is just another component that's interesting about the contract itself. Whereas, like, so say a, a company has you know whatever code of ethics, right. You know, and but that doesn't mean that somebody can't just completely violate the code of ethics and, you know, launder money from the company, embezzle money from the company, what have you. The interesting part about this smart contract is that, say, you know, it states that 20 percent of the proceeds from such and such are paid out to the shareholders on X amount or on X date. If somebody tries to go in and do something that is not compatible with the code, it will literally fail and shut down. So there you cannot do it. Uh, whereas with the company, you have whatever your corporate documents are, your guidelines, you can violate them if you want to, although you're not supposed to. In this case, you physically and literally cannot go against the actual smart contract itself. Although in real life, you can violate rules like that. In this situation, you cannot. So it's, it is kind of like you said, it, could, it can present some issues if things do need to be changed. But in this situation, you go in and you say, well, actually, I want to pay out 30 percent to myself. It's not going to allow you to do that whatsoever. It's just going to shut it down uh, and it'll fail.
1: And, and let me be clear here. There, there's no perfect,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? But this, the, removing the barriers is huge. Like there's so many gatekeepers. Think about any, remove, just take it out of finance. How many gatekeepers or middle management people are there taking fees or opportunities in your life? And I think that's what, to me, is exciting about this. And you, you can form one of these. You, the reason why the contract works, in my opinion, is uh, and you, you can, because it, you can then go to court. Like if someone tries to, Hunter says it fails, but there's provisions in the contract. It allows, that kind of formation allows, there's no such thing as a super LLC, but it's a contract. And, that, and contracts are enforceable in a court of law. And so it's not the wild. I don't feel like this is the wild, wild west. Now, maybe it is. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm misinformed. Maybe I'm ill-informed. But the more I read about this, the more exciting it seems to me that this is where, what's the, what's the Wayne Gretzky, uh, thanks. Go to where the public puck's going to be. Yeah. I I think that this is where a lot of things are going to happen.
0: Let me give a quick example, then we can move on to the next topic. So, so if you 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 create this DAO mm-hmm. to buy some technology, some thing that you think is the wave of the future, right? And it's doing really well. And all of a sudden there's five years later, there's a new technology that comes out that's really gonna just make yours irrelevant. Right. But you you're you've got a profitable company, it's a cash cow now. If that company could switch gears and either buy the new technology or, or make a change or do something, then it can survive. Well, if you have that coded in, hard coded in. I think you you, can't. I
1: think you can vote. I think there there's provisions
0: right, where well,
1: you well. can put a vote to the members of the DAO and it could be as as simple as hey uh, you know majority rules. Okay. And so and there's no super you can you can build in super voting or not super voting you can So you, you
0: can know. still change and adjust management. I'm okay. pretty sure you okay.
1: can. Yeah, you s- can
3: structure it with voting. You just okay. can't you can't go in and alter the contract okay. at all. So there there is a component I don't, I believe there's actually different ways you can uh, structure it. There's one called token membership and another called shares membership. Uh, but you can structure it so that you can, the whole collective group, and vote to make a change. But one person can never go in and alter the contract, change the contract, or do anything that goes against the contract, if that makes sense. So,
1: so now, as a professional broadcaster, graduated summa uh, cum laude, from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting Upstairs. Let me explain why this is important it's not what it what started is hey uh, could we go by twitter right which is my way of introducing it to the audience to say could we go by twitter and get them interested it really goes back to the fundamental fact about why we believe in equity that's what we deal in daniel equity and so equity for our investors allows ownership ownership in this country is how you get ahead mm-hmm. it's it's it there's a time when in your life when renting an apartment makes sense but there's a reason why it's called the American dream, to own a home, have your, have your, little, your little piece of the pie, right? And it, it, this, I think, democratizes that process just a little bit more. And anything that democratizes ownership in this country, I think is a very good thing. And I think that uh, this is where the puck is
0: being. So, so in a nutshell, in plain English, putting my Tim Terpreter on, yeah. you're saying it really, so you don't need the big investment banks, you don't need the big underwriters, You don't need all them pushing their stuff with all the layers of regulation, all the stuff. It makes it very easy.
1: And Anyone who's tried to start a business has a business who's tried to go to the bank for a loan. Let me just explain this very quickly. There's a reason why venture capital is formed. Venture Mm -hmm. capital is risk capital. And they want equity typically in your company or the future equity in your company. And so um, if you want to get So it's not considered safe money. Every venture capitalist or investor in venture capital and startups expects one out of their 10 investments to work. And so they're expecting a 90% loss rate, but that one has to really have outside gains and and, and a liquidity event. Banks do not, banks don't want risk. They want risk-free capital as much as possible.
0: They want to lend you, your money and interest. Yeah. And so
1: what they're going to do is they're going to say, how much success have you had? And you're like, well, I'm just starting the business. Well, if you can't prove to me you've had success, we're not going to give you money. Well, wait a minute. This is backwards. It's no different than uh, I need a job. Do you have an experience? No, I'm brand new. I need a job. Well, we only hire people with experience. Well, how the hell am I supposed to get experience? I don't know. Figure it out. Go get a job. It's that circle, right? And so now you're you're giving founders, you're giving people who might be shut out or marginalized by the banks. An opportunity, and that provides ownership, and that is one of the greatest things we can do as a society is give people equitable opportunity, and I'm, the, the banks are, frustrated. let me just, I, I, I was about to just go on a rant about the banks. The banks are frustrating, and anyone who's been down that road uh, understands exactly what I'm saying, and anybody who had to deal with the banks in 2008 in the housing crisis, and and the lack of empathy in customer service, and and the nefarious actions of certain banks, probably still stink. Yeah, tied in with the Fed doing their bidding. And so this, though, I believe, opens up tremendous opportunity. And we're we're not even we're not we're we're Daniel we're not even in the parking lot to get in the stadium. We're just online right now buying tickets to the game, and that's how early uh, this all is. And I hope you found it interesting because. Uh, the links I'm going to put in the show notes what uh, Hunter's going to send as well are super worth, I believe, your time in just thinking about capital formation and the democratization of information. So with that, let's transition, Hunter, to stocks that are actually in the market
3: right now that look good. Yeah, so I'm actually going to do something a little bit different today in the sense that my segment today is going to be the cup and handle segment. I'm going to go through... Uh, Two sectors that have a nice cup and handle, uh, two stocks that are picking up a cup and handle, and then one commodity that has a big, 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 long-term chart cup and handle. So first chart, Tim, will you pull up XLB? And why is the cup cup and handle? I was about to say, why don't you explain the cup and and handle handle and what
1: what the handle does to the cup shape?
3: Okay, so obviously a cup imagine a big saucer more or less and I, right, right. sadly my market smith is not working so i'm gonna have to pull this up on tos but uh xlb is what i'm looking at right now i'm not sure tim if you have that chart up i do i do um, but right here you see those highs right there around 9231, right there on uh, tim's screen there and you see the cup all the way down to around the 80 range as tim is drawing there and then you've got a little handle here over the last call it two to three weeks that has come back in a very reasonable amount, only about a, maybe a five to 6% depth on the handle here, back to the 21 and has bounced off the 21, is continuing higher. And today, although it reversed, it attempted to take out that pivot, right? That where that little red arrow is drawn on Tim's screen, the closest one to the right side, it attempted to take that out today, but has come back in. So this is a material sector ETF that has actually been showing relative strength versus the S&P since the end of January and continues to do so uh, as it's built out this handle. So just that relative strength line, if you pull this up in MarketSmith, you'll notice that it has continued to angle up basically since the end of January. So a lot of times that pivot right there, when it it definitively breaks above that pivot, oftentimes that is the entry on a cup and handle. Uh, As you can see there on Tim, where he's drawn that horizontal line across. So real quick, what were you gonna
1: uh, say, Tim? Uh, real quick, so uh, the cup. So what you want is a run up before somewhere between uh, fifteen to twenty five percent. Okay, so you get a run up prior, and then uh, you get this correction. And you, but you don't want the cup. You don't want the base of the cup to be too deep. Right. If it's too deep, it's a flawed cup. And think think fifteen to twenty percent. You don't want it to go below that. You get the run up right, but then this handle shakes the, the, the weakest of the shareholders, it, it shakes them out. So you had a big shakeout here, price is allowed to gravitate back up, and then you get one last shakeout. And then once all the weak shareholders are totally out, you got a bunch of them out here, psychological is what we're talking about, it's all psychology. So you shake all the weak people out here, they bought here because it's gone to the moon, nope, shook them out. There's a couple holding on, they did the prayer, uh, got Lord,
0: back even. Said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Just let me get back to even, and I'll swear to God I'll never do this again. And then it finally <laughs> goes up. And, and the reason why that works is you get a stable base, right? Because you, all you're left with are the long term holders. And so when someone goes into the market to buy a share, like in, just explaining the psychology here. So if I want a share, uh, if I want to buy a share um, of XLB, right? and it's down here think about all the shareholders that are trapped up above at higher prices there's plenty of people to give me their shares but if you've shaken all the weak shareholders out that want to dump their shares and all you have left are the strongest of the shareholders holders, yeah. yeah you're right here and it's like at 8950 and you come into the market go, hey i want a share you forget that the, the market is actually a market and these shareholders are like dude if you want my shares you're going to pay 926 and that's how it, it demand, uh, overwhelms supply and then price is allowed to move up. So under, go on. I'm sorry. I just wanted people to understand that.
3: why no, that you- was, that was good, Tim. That was a great explanation. Uh, next sector ETF, XLRE real estate. And one quick point here about ma- the materials ETF and real estate. These are relatively small components of the S and P 500. Uh, obviously you know technology healthcare those are kind of your big dominant sectors as far as the total percentage of the S&P real estate and materials are relatively small components of the S&P and sometimes especially in an environment where the the indices are not doing all that well that can be advantageous for these stocks and we've also seen their XLRE's uh, relative strength line angle upwards as well so in this case we've got a cup and handle from that 52 pivot. And the handle is just now starting to develop on this one. It's not as developed as we saw in XLB. So from that 52.17 high there, the cup all the way down to that 43-ish low. And we've come back up and we've started to put in a handle here over the last, call it five, six trading days. Right up in there. Yep. And haven't quite made it to the 21, but we're getting kind of close. So I keep an eye on that. Maybe it dips down to the 21 and, uh, kind of does the same exact pattern that we saw there with XLB. And to be quite honest, it does look very similar uh, to what we saw there with XLB. So there's the two sector ETFs with the cup and handle. Now I'm going to show you two other stocks that also have a cup and handle. So the first one is Tesla. And now I'm be the first one to tell you here this is not acting well today. This looked a lot better yesterday than it did than it does right now. But for the sake of the example, I just want to point this out in the same way that we looked at the sector ETF. So you can see the cup. This one's a little bit deeper than you would like for it to be. And the handle is a little bit uh, deeper than you'd like for it to be. But you have to keep in mind, this is a very, very volatile stock handle, as well. Yeah, this is so, really, deep. you know, like this is deep. when you're, when you're looking at XLB and XLRE, those are sector ETFs that really don't have a wide ATR. They're not very volatile, uh, not in the same way that a Tesla is, but. This is still picking up a cup and handle pattern recognition on Market Smith. And, you know, say it holds these lows and continues higher, then maybe you do have a successful cup and handle and it's able to go take out that 1152 pivot there that Tim has. So keep in mind that technology stocks and growth stocks have been fighting an uphill battle all year, rising interest rates, elevated interest rates, inflation. These are things that are not good for technology and growth, but I simply want to point out the pattern here in two stocks. Uh, Tesla being the first one, and AVGO being the second one. So Broadcom also very similar to what we looked at kind of with Tesla there, a little bit deeper on the cup and with the handle, but cup and handle still intact, same type of thing. If it can't hold those, these recent lows, then this is probably going to invalidate the pattern. But it's worth noting that Broadcom, uh, while semiconductors have been very, very bad over the last couple of weeks, Broadcom has managed to act much better than its peers. Now, does that mean that it's ultimately going to go higher? I don't know. But the point is, this is a stock that has acted better than pretty much every other stock in the group. Um, You have to keep in mind that the sector is really not being your friend right now. But it does have a cup and handle pattern recognition. Same thing with Tesla. It really needs to hold the recent lows from the last couple of days for that to stay relevant. If it doesn't, then it's likely that that will be invalidated. So, last chart and Tim if you can pull up a monthly of GLD this is the cup and handle that everyone can see and i'm going to try and pull this up in Marcus Smith along with you but i don't know if it's going to work but you can see this it's a very very long term chart as you can see those highs back all the way to 2011 we come up at that 19445 pivot had a nice pullback from basically to 194 to about 176 or so, I believe. And now we're starting to come up on the right side of that handle, just like we saw with XLB. Uh, And this is a chart that has been pointed to many, many, many times. Uh, And, you know, we're looking at a monthly, so, you know, you look at a weekly, you look at a daily, it's, you can't necessarily see this, but it does look like it's beginning to potentially play out uh, here on that cup and handle formation. So, it's still about, I'd say, what is that 5% or so, 6% below that pivot, but it is starting to hook back up just like you would want it to see. You see some volume increasing on the, the upside there on the bottom of Tim's screen as well. So I just wanted to kind of do something a little different, talk about a technical formation here uh, in, an, in a variety of sectors. We're talking about materials, we're talking about real estate, gold, electric vehicles, and semiconductors. And so there's five different cup and handles, one of them on a, a much longer time frame, and the other one's on a daily. Uh, but I just wanted to put that out there for the viewers to do something a little bit different today with my segment. But that's all I got today, man.
1: I like it. I liked it a lot. Uh, Don, do you have the video tonight with the 21 over 21? Yes, I do. Oh, awesome. You want to talk about it, or do you have something else you want sure. to mention before
2: I've uh, uh, got two announced. things to talk about. The, the, the 21-21 has uh, a couple of changes in it tonight. Uh, there's been some that would have been dropped off earlier in the week that have made decent comebacks, and some that have lagged later in the week that are threatening uh, to be dropped off. So tune in tonight for the updated 2121 list. The sector I wanted to focus on today is the defense sector and there's three ETFs I wanna talk about and then five stocks within those. But before I get to that, I wanna talk about DAL, uh, Delta Airlines, you can show it, bring up a chart of that. Delta reported earnings on Thursday and it was a big surprise to the upside. Uh, saying that they're actually believe they're going to make money in the upcoming quarter. And it kind of uh, lit a fire under the airline sector and really the reopen slash travel sector. Uh, this is something we're keeping an eye on. You can see that DAL also made a higher high today, which is a Sorry. day two higher high after a gap up uh, in a daily chart is definitely something to pay attention to. We've talked about that a couple of times. I wouldn't be surprised to see it pull back a little bit here as it comes into overhead, but um, DAL definitely a a leading chart in the airlines uh, based on their earnings reports. And PEJ is a broad reopen slash travel ETF. Uh, that's benefiting a little bit from that. I like the diversity in this ETF. It's under the 200-day moving average, but I've got an alert set above that 48.83 level, which is around where the 200-day moving average is. So, free open slash travel stocks are really going to uh, perform well. This uh, is an ETF, is a, is a way to play them as opposed to Jets, which is just a pure uh, name for what it is—a pure airlines ETF.
1: Which, which was rejected
2: today at the, yeah. at the 200 day moving average. So back to the defense sector, the three uh, ETFs I want to talk about. The first one is ITA. Now, the, the bad thing about ITA is that it is 40% dominated by Raytheon and Boeing. RTX, which has this very solid chart and Boeing which has been a laggard for quite a long time. Um, sure. Boeing did, however, put in uh, a stochastic buy signal. We've been using these. Uh, I've been talking more in my videos about these. You can see it on MarketSmith. Uh, so if you're bottom fishing and you get a, a, a stochastic turn off the bottom, it's kind of similar to MACD. Uh, that's one of the benefits uh, if you're bottom fishing. And if that coincides with a moving average that you're coming through, that's, that's also a, a good signal. So uh, this, the, after those two, it's, it's kind of diversified among the leading uh, defense stocks. XAR is the second one I wanted to talk about. This one is very evenly distributed between four and 5% out of a bunch of uh, leading stocks and has no Boeing in it. So big difference in the way that uh, these two etfs are constructed the third one is dfen this is a leveraged uh, etf which will give you a little more uh obviously a little more juice for your money uh the and then the five stocks that i want to talk about we we already showed boeing and rtx but all of these in addition to rtx all these other four have very good charts Northrop grumman NOC. Uh, Harris LHX, LMT Lockheed Martin, and GD General Dynamics. Trying to pick a winner from those five uh, is tough, and that may be one of the reasons to go with XAR or DFEN as I mentioned, it's not heavily weighted towards uh, Raytheon and Boeing. XAR is not rated, uh, highly skewed towards Raytheon and Boeing the way ITA is, but uh, XAR and DFEN. So that's what I am going to talk about from the defense sector. Now from uh, a tech stock, CrowdStrike, CRWD. This is one that is a former leader. We know a lot of the former leaders will not lead on their way back up when the market corrects itself, or when the market is finished correcting. But cybersecurity is, uh, is one of the sectors that has survived the tech carnage relatively well, certainly better than uh, semiconductors, the way they've been acting recently. But CrowdStrike had uh, a couple things going for it. It was recently certified by the Depart- Department of Defense, and I don't know the details on this, but there was a big security approval That they got and they also got it from the eu very similar uh, approval and then goldman sachs upgraded it earlier this week uh, on tuesday which was responsible for the first initial move off the bottom on that and since then it showed follow-up strength and today is consolidating on lower volume uh back above the 200 day moving average the good thing about this is if it's going to work is you've got a really easy stop if it doesn't work as it definitely should hold that 200-day moving average on any pullback. So from an individual stocks, so those are all I'm gonna talk about in this video, but definitely tune in tonight to see the updated 21 over 21 list. Now that brings us to a very treacherous
1: point of the show.
2: Daniel.
0: You right? want the long version this No,
1: time? I need the short version. I need you to take us through how people can get a hold of us how they can subscribe to the newsletter. I need you to, this week, please, dear Lord, tell them how we don't spam them.
0: We don't spam you. Folks, if you like what you heard, if you like.
1: Hold on, you you went right into it. People might get confused by spam then. Have you seen uh, Hormel? Speaking of spam, what a chart. (laughs) What a transition. What a
0: chart. What a chart. I mean, that is a chart. People are switching from hamburger meat to spam. <laughs> it's not a hamburger. It's a substitute. It's a it's a, that, it's that's that's gonna be that's indeed. gonna be the next uh, CPI adjustment. They'll go from steak to hamburger like they did a decade ago, and now they're gonna go from hamburger to spam. I'm no, t- Dan.
2: Lentils. Didn't, didn't you get the, mental, the, the memo? You got to go with lentils. lentils. Uh, what a chart. Protein. Right? It's not meat. It's protein. If, now, chart, if
1: you would it. like a spam sent to us, uh, sent to you by Dan, we can spam you we, that we, way. We'd be happy to. Happy to spam you that way, but we don't spam. Now, Danny. I have one last thing, so I need you to be quick.
0: Okay. Can you do it? He's asking me to be quick. Is, is that, like, <laughs> ironic? Right. He's asking me to be quick. You have to appreciate the commitment to the bit, right? All right, <laughs> I mean,
2: months, uh, years. All <laughs> right, folks,
0: listen, if you like what you heard, please tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Just send them to revereasset.com, and they can sign up. They can just go up to the top right there where it says subscribe. They can put in their email address, and we won't spam them. We won't reach out to them in any way. It's up to them to reach out to us if they want to have a complimentary portfolio re- review or just have a question about a stock or you know, e- any economic question. You can uh, email any of us, dan at revereasset.com, don, tim, or hunter at revereasset.com, and you can always call us old school at 855-REAL-WEALTH.
1: Don, stand by to end the show in the most proper way possible, the way that we've been ending it the last couple of weeks. The thing I want to share with folks is this. Uh, when you're looking um, like at market resistance, right? the market is at huge resistance. And so th- to me, this is, this is the game. So it's SPX on a weekly chart. And here is uh, the start of 2022. And then you get the Putin invasion uh, at the end of February, February 24th ish and you spend we only got three weeks above the weekly 21 and now we're right back below it that's and we're heading into earnings season there is so this in my opinion can go two ways like there is zero optimism right now heading into like tech earnings start next week like you get netflix and you get the amazon then you get all those big so it's either going to be like the market knows what's up and we're going to go down and challenge the invasion lows, or it's upside surprise. And, and to tell you that I think I know what's happening is, is a misnomer. I think if you just take it from a basic standpoint of this 21, exp- if you're below it, you got to be a little bit more bearish and
0: cautious. So you don't think it's going to be even keel and you got to be ready to go either way? Yeah, you got to be ready to make adjustments judgment. And what Don's
1: way. doing okay. and Hunter are doing uh, in the yeah, portfolios, right. being uh, defensive and it's small. No. I think is the right approach. I, I, the people that are all in right now, like if you're, We're if very you're very nervous, well, I would be, and I mean that with all the empathy yeah. in the world. If you're, and they're losing money. If you have um, an, an advisor, or it's you, and you're 100% invested right now, that is a treacherous road to hoe uh, in a market that's not giving you a very clear signal about what it wants to do because it's not completely selling off. But it's not really breaking through resistance and rallying either. And eventually, um, if you're on the wrong side of that, that's going to hurt a lot. And you can't, what we talk about most every week, you can start with a higher base if you're able to preserve cash in these times of tumult or chop. And I think that's really important to examine is you, if you have an opportunity, because I don't think stock nerds so much have that, uh, that, that problem. But you're going to be around loved ones who may or may not have very strong opinions on the economy and um, the way we do it here, if you'd you'd kindly, the ask I have, if you'd kindly introduce them to our podcast or gently talk about what we do, I think that could be the light that helps them for the rest of 2022.
0: Folks, we'll talk to you next week on Your Money.
2: barring any extrogenous events.